world. Society is, is kind of a little bit woven into our society. So it's something that we are gonna have to um, deal with and recognize, um, but we don't necessarily wanna be in conflict with it. So once we can put it to the side, then we allow our training, we allow our preparation, we allow um, the hours that we put in, the work that we put in, we allow that to come through even with that anxiety. We allow all of that to be bigger than just this one uncomfortable feeling. Um, so that's really what I work with the athletes on is, okay, let's bring that anxiety with us. We recognize it, we um, accept it, and their commitment is to be bigger than that in our play, to be bigger than that in our competition. Welcome to the Play Healthy KC podcast, where we offer the parents of student-athletes tips, advice, and inspiration to help their athletes stay active and engaged in sport for a lifetime of participation. I'm your host, Todd Kober, and today we will be talking about performance anxiety in sport. Joining me is sports mental therapist expert, Becky Wiseman from the Children's Mercy Sports Medicine Center. Becky is a clinically licensed social worker who has been practicing in her field for over 15 years and works with youth athletes all the way up to professional athletes. Hello, Becky. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Todd. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Okay, so today we're going to talk about uh, performance anxiety in sport. Um, can you set the stage for us and kind of explain to us what is performance anxiety? Well, performance anxiety in, in the way that I deal with it here at Children's Mercy and in, in sports med department comes in a little different views. Some from the athletes who've experienced injury. And so just their recovery process that can be a little bit anxiety provoking because they are worried about um, re-injury or further injuring themselves. And so just the process of, um, you know, is this going to work? Am I going to be able to get back to where I was competitive level? Um, am I going to hurt myself in this process? So there's a lot of anxiety that comes with that. So that's part of what I work with here at Children's Mercy. And then the other part are, are athletes who, um, who are not injured, but they do experience that performance anxiety, which is um, I'm getting out into the field and I have and the anticipation of it. I get very nervous. I get stuck in my thinking. Um, and so just kind of takes a little bit of the joy away from their um, involvement because of the overthinking and just really wanting to um, not make mistakes or not mess up or not disappoint themselves or other in that process. So it does start to kind of interfere with their enjoyment of their sport a bit. So before we jump into talking more about the performance anxiety that you help athletes with, is is all anxiety, those butterflies leading into competition necessarily a bad thing? No, actually, it's not a bad thing at all. And um, if you kind of look at the research, uh, much of the research says that 
if you have some nervousness and some anxiety, it actually can um, help your performance. It can really, and I've had athletes tell me this before, you know, they recognize that that nervousness uh, means that they care about it. And it means that um, it kind of helps them with their focus a bit moving into um, into their competition. Um, where we look at where it becomes troublesome is where it kind of crosses that boundary, where it crosses that line of then it becomes disruptive, where they um, the athletes are focused on um, the anxiety rather than what they're doing. So it kind of takes them out of their present moment and puts them more into their thinking and getting stuck in their thinking. Um, so, I mean, I think every athlete, as they're going into competition or tryouts, anything like that should expect some nervousness, should expect some anxiety. When you know it may be something that's working against you is when you are getting out of your present and you're getting out of your focus of competition and you're moving more into your um, just getting stuck in that thinking and stuck in maybe that negative self-talk. Looking at the negative side of performance anxiety, can you kind of describe for us what it's going to feel like for the that athlete and then maybe even for the support group, the parents and the coaches, what it might look like? Yeah, absolutely. So if you have an, an athlete who has kind of that normal range of nervousness and worries, um, typically they're able to um, talk about it. They're able to describe it a little bit. They're able to still move forward with their day, getting their things together, um, moving towards, towards their competition or whatever they have that day. When you're looking at someone who um, where that anxiety is now becoming disruptive, um, those are the athletes where you may even, uh, you know, a couple days or even a week before they start asking about, you know, what time do we have to leave? Where, when do we need to go? Where are my things? Um, so, you know, the anticipation starts several days before. It may disrupt their sleep. Um, you may find that they're a little bit edgy or they may find themselves being edgy. Um, so the day of competition, it may be harder for them to um, kind of put their things together. They may be a little bit more scattered. Um, again, a lot of negative self-talk sometimes comes in of, you know, I don't even know if this game is worth it. Um, I'm not going to do well anyway. And so when those things start coming in and you really kind of find it taking the um, the joy away from their participation, that's when we as um, parents or or as the athletes themselves kind of know, okay, this has kind of gone over into an, an area where I need to look at, I need to put some things in place to help myself here. Um, and so, you know, as adults around our athletes, we can say, hey, you know, can you tell me a little bit of what you're experiencing? I wouldn't do that in the car on, on the way to competition. But, you know, prior to that, like, help me understand what you're experiencing. What does that feel like for you? Is there something that I can do to help in that moment? And, you know, a lot of times um, there's not a ton that that we can do as, as parents, but we can be that support to them. Um, one of the things I really encourage parents um, to stay away from or to say things like, there's nothing to be worried about. You know, there's nothing to be nervous about. You're fine. Why are, you know, just relax. Because those type of things are uh, maybe a little bit judgy in the way that they sound, but they also don't help our athletes with um, steps on what they do when they do feel um, when they do feel that anxiety to the point of it feels a little bit paralyzing for them. Okay, so an athlete understands that this is something they're experiencing. They identify it, they accept it. What what does that acceptance 
kind of look like for them? Yeah, that's a really good point. So the first thing we want to help, if we're kind of giving our athletes a bit of a stair step and how they help themselves during this part, um, how they help themselves when these anxieties get are becoming disruptive for them. Um, the first thing to do is help them identify, you know, what's going on. Um, and that is, I am feeling really nervous. Like my whole body's feeling it. My head is hurting. My stomach is, you know, in knots. And that is that nervous anxiety piece. So helping them identify that and, and even label it and, and be able to, to say the language of it. That next piece of acceptance is, you know, why, why am I feeling this way? Well, typically athletes are work really hard to get to the point that they're at. They put a lot of work in, they put a lot of sacrifice, and it's something they want really, really badly. And so the fact that you want this, in fact, that this is important to you, is something that you can accept and really understand that the anxiety and that peace is a part of that because you do want to, it, it's really important to you, worked really, really hard for it. And so once we're, we do that, then we're able to then go into the idea of what am I committing to? So I know what it is, I know why I have it, and then what can I commit to moving forward? What can I commit to um, that's most important where my thinking and then my actions can there follow? So now that the acceptance has occurred, now it's the next big step, the coping. How do you live with performance anxiety and kind of give us some insight into the system that you help, that you offer your student athletes to help. Yeah. So what I oftentimes describe, and, and I wish I knew where I had gotten this from, um, but I do not remember. Um, so if you look at anxiety and you kind of open your hand wide, you know, palm facing up and you put that hand right in front of your face in your hand and palm, you know, represent anxiety. So if that is right in front of your face and you're working from anxiety from that place, then it's really hard to do anything. It's really hard to get around that at all. Um, we know it's going to be there, but what we try and do is move that palm or move that hand away from your face and put that down by your side, meaning anxiety can come with you. Anxiety is going to be a piece of this and kind of the acceptance of, yep, it's coming with me. You know, my nerves, my butterflies, the sweaty pits, they're all coming with me. But what I can do is move it from in front of my face where I can't really see around it and I can't really be engaged to what I'm doing to move that hand to the side of your body and move forward with what you're needing to do. So a lot of times what happens is we try to get rid of the, the feeling of anxiety because it doesn't feel great. It's super uncomfortable. And so we don't like that feeling. So then we kind of get into this conflict with ourselves of how do I do my best when I'm feeling this way? But really, as soon as we say, I have to get rid of anxiety, you just make it bigger. You're just feeding the flame of making it bigger. So really, it's about, okay, I can have this anxiety. Um, I know I'm an anxious person a little bit. And I will tell you, um, it's probably the number one thing that I see. Um, it's also the number one thing that I deal with professionally and also personally in, in my world. So anxiety is, is kind of a little bit woven into our society. So it's something that we are going to have to um, deal with and recognize, um, but we don't necessarily want to be in conflict with it. So once we can put it to the side, then we allow our training, we allow our preparation, we allow 
um, the hours that we put in, the work that we put in, we allow that to come through even with that anxiety. We allow all of that to be bigger than just this one uncomfortable feeling. Um, so that's really what I work with the athletes on is, okay, let's bring that anxiety with us. We recognize it. We um, accept it. And their commitment is to be bigger than that in our play, to be bigger than that in our competition. And so that is kind of the key. Um, so once we not necessarily make peace with it, but again, it comes back to that acceptance of it, then we can really allow ourselves to shine through it. I know as a as a parent, the biggest thing that we want to know is what can we do to help our kids? But even from talking to you other times, I've realized that there's more than what we can do. It's what kind of language can we use to help our kids in this situation? Can you provide some more insight into that? Absolutely. And And as a parent of to teenage athletes, I mean, I have found myself, um, you know, at lost at times of, of what exactly to do, um, you know, because we are, um, we're invested, we, we want, we've seen what our kids have, have um, dedicated to, we've seen what they have put their time and efforts to, so we want this to work out for them, we want it to work out for them so much, and to watch our kids uncomfortable is really difficult for parents um, to watch our kids, you know, sit in the back of the car and, you know, maybe be tearful or saying, you know, um, self-doubting things. As a parent, we don't want them to do that. So a lot of times we kind of quickly direct them like, well, you just need to talk more positive. You need to think more positive, you know, just relax. So we kind of, we want them quickly out of that um, because we don't like seeing them in distress. Um, and our tolerance for their distress is usually uh, more difficult than, than anything else. So one of the things as a parent is to kind of understand that, you know, this may be at this point in our athlete's life, a little bit of the normal process that they're going to have some anxiousness. They may even have a, a, some emotion. And rather than us kind of rushing in and trying to redirect that so quickly, you know, just maybe even asking questions like, can you help me understand what you're feeling right now? Can you help me understand what this feels like for you? Um, and, and if our kids don't want to talk about it, that's absolutely fine. Um, and, and I think being open to, okay, if you don't want to talk about it right now, that that's fine. I would like for you to be able to um, speak the words because sometimes speaking the words and processing it gets it out of our mind, gets it out of our body and kind of puts it out there. So I would like for you to not to have to carry this around with you all the time. Um, but I think also giving our athletes the space that they need. And um, again, not rushing them through the process, but helping them accept without judgment of self. Um, I know I have, um, well, she's she's grown out a little bit, but when she was younger, a very anxious um, soccer player. And, you know, to add to that, we put her in goal because we lost our goalie. And so she was the coach's kid. So she went into goal and she was incredibly nervous to the point of like um, hyperventilating on, on the side of um, in the field, like, you know, crying and and not being able to breathe. And, you know, as me as a parent, I'm like, oh my gosh, well, you just relaxed. It's fine. But the truth is in that moment, she didn't know how to do any of that. So kind of walking them through those steps of, you know, take, take a couple deep breaths, um, help your body relax a little bit. Um, you know, maybe, you know, 
kind of put your head to side to side, just allowing yourself, you know, just some natural rhythm um, and taking those deep breaths and listening to your breath. So in that moment, really helping them coach through that, um, but being comfortable with their discomfort, um, because I did not like her crying and hyperventilating on the side of, you know, the sidelines. I felt like, oh my gosh, you know, the other team is watching this. The other parents are watching this. The coach, the other coach, I mean, her coach was, was her father. So he knew, um, but to have all of that so visible was really uncomfortable for me. And once I kind of overrode that, then I was, I was able to help her with her own steps. And it always comes back to how can you help yourself in these moments is there something you can do for yourself in these moments? Because I can give people a million different tools to use, but sometimes it really is about them finding what works for them, but really the mindset of I am capable of helping myself right now. I am capable, even as upset as I am, I'm capable of calming my body. I'm capable of calming my breath. I'm capable of doing really, really difficult things. So I'm going to get back in there and show myself that I'm able to do it. Well, this might not apply to your husband since he plays the role of dad and coach, but <laughs> is there is is there a different uh, approach that coaches can take when they when they notice this on on the playing field and and is there a different language that maybe they need to use than what a parent is or is it pretty similar? I think it's similar in some ways. Um, you know, coaches are in in the midst of of a job to do. So being able to kind of pull them aside and 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 the players and kind of helping do those steps maybe a, a lot to ask in in that moment. But I think as a coach, building that into their practice, building that into their training, maybe something that helps them down the road. So if you have if you have a team and what you do maybe a couple practices a week is just have your players sit and help them breathe through and help them relax their body and bring off and, you know, take a little bit of that tension off and also helping athletes understand that when you get quiet, your brain is naturally going to go in a hundred million different directions. And that's okay. I mean, that's what we do as humans, the actual money shot and what's really important and helpful for athletes is not clear your mind because that's kind of impossible but helping them bring their breath back to the present. So I often explain that to athletes is as you are just kind of sitting quietly, listen to your breath, you know, pay attention to your breath and do that for a couple minutes. Let your mind wander without judgment because it will, and then just bring it back to your breath. And if we can teach athletes that your mind can go in different places, but we ultimately bring it back, that's going to be really helpful for the, for those athletes that mostly get kind of stuck in their thinking and stuck in their heads. Um, and that's the number one thing I hear from coaches is, you know, what a great player, but man, they get stuck in their head. And I have heard that about, you know, my 17 year old for, for years, you know, great player, but he gets stuck in his head. So really, you know, as coaches build that into part of their training is, you know, sit for a minute, do your breathing, relax your body, bring your, you know, bring your thinking, let your mind wander and bring it back to your breath is going to be such a good way down the road to building these athletes who can deal with the pressures that we're asking them to deal with, that can deal with um, those times of high competition 
um, high exertion and how they can help themselves during those moments. I think it's going to be hard to do on the sideline if it's never been coached. But if you build that into your practice, if you build that into your technical skills, I think in the long run, it's going to help so many athletes be able to be present and connected to their game, which is where they love their game, which is, you know, the best part of their game. I feel like we've covered a lot in a short amount of time, um, but just kind of looking back, is there anything around performance anxiety in sport that maybe we skipped over, need to delve a little deeper in uh, that we should touch on? I think kind of the main, if if I could do some takeaways um, where that parents and athletes and, and even coaches can have is that, you know, a level of performance anxiety is, is super normal. And um, the more you fight and the more you're in conflict with it, the bigger it's going to become. So the most helpful thing that you can do is kind of expect it um, and then accept a bit of it. And then again, move it from right in front of your face to, to your side. And remember that as an athlete, you're bigger than just this feeling um, because anxiety is all about keeping us safe. The whole, the whole aspect of anxiety um, is built around our survival. So, you know, in those moments of excitement, those moments of, you know, I want to go out and, and do my best. I want to compete. I want to win. Um, you know, our mind kind of starts saying, "Uh oh, are we in survival mode? And so what we want to remind our mind is like, no, we're, it's not, you know, it's not a tiger. Um, it's just an excitement of competition. And so bringing this along, um, I have all of my training. I have all of my um, hours of work. I have all of my fitness. I have all of that to come with me that can really, I can still be a very effective player. Um, I can be in a very effective athlete even if anxiety is on board with, with me. Um, it doesn't mean as soon as I feel nervous that, oh man, I'm not going to have a good game. You can be nervous and at the same time be the most effective player out there or be the most effective athlete out there. Um, so, you know, I would say bring it along with you. Um, if it starts getting so disruptive that it kind of starts shutting down your ability to be effective, that's when you need to turn to, your accept your identification, acceptance, and commitment, that practice, your breathing exercises practice, and maybe even needing to talk with someone about how do I um how do I override my thinking that says I can't do this, I can't do this. Um, because that that is a possibility, but it does mean approaching it in a different way than what maybe we've approached before. You had a great segue there because that was going to be my next question is at what point does somebody reach out to you and and get additional help? Is it when it gets to that point of debilitating um, their their ability to perform on the uh, on the field? And when they do reach out to you, what is the best way to do that? I would say when I see an athlete, and and I have seen this, um, you know, multiple times where an athlete is considering walking away from something they love. Um, walking away from something that that for many of years has brought joy to them and also something they do really they do a great job at like they're really good at so when I see an athlete kind of saying um, this anxiety is making all of this not worth it for me um, that's when we really want to discuss like our approach and um, developing um, our systems in order to speak to that anxiety. I, I don't ever want an, an athlete to make a decision to walk away from their 
to, from their sport or activity um, because I, I, the anxiety, I can't take, take that. I want them to widen their world a bit and find ways of how can I approach this? Um, how can I expand upon what I've been doing in order to um, continue to be engaged in, in what I love and what I want to do? So that is a lot of what we work with is how do I expand upon my world, how to expand upon my thinking so that I can continue to be involved in my sport. I think another thing, um, you know, if, if we see some depression come along with, with that anxiety, because those oftentimes go hand in hand. So if we see our, our kids um, or athletes speaking very poorly of themselves, you know, kind of over and over, everyone can kind of be like, oh, man, that was my worst game ever. I was awful. Um, that is different than, you know, worthiness. Um, they, they are burden that they're no good for their team. That's a different type of language that can sometimes go along and sometimes go hand in hand without anxiety. And that would make me kind of go, hmm, you know, as a parent, I may want to reach out. I may want to get some more knowledge about that. And I certainly want to talk to my athlete about, you know, where that language is coming from. Um, so if any sadness or you see, you know, repetitive behaviors or decision to, um, leave their sport, I would say I, before making that decision, I would want them to speak with someone. I would want to go a little bit further into that before that decision is made. So if someone is interested in services, um, there are, you know, certainly anxiety is something, um, you know, outside of athletics, there's an anxiety, again, is probably your number one topic that that many counselors work with. And so um, certainly my services through Children's Mercy, through Sports Med um, are available. But also, you know, if there are, if there's a therapist that you know, or that you've been working with, or that you ha you can get into quickly or speak to quickly, um, you know, the tools of anxiety look similar um, than that, that I, that I work with um, athletes on as well. They kind of go hand in hand. So it wouldn't be time wasted. Um, but if, if athletes are wanting or parents are wanting to know, they can always call the sports med um, department in at Children's Mercy um, and do a referral process that way. Um, there may be a little bit of a wait list, but it's, it's always available. That's awesome information, and uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to to talk to you about this. And I always uh, value the passion that you bring. Uh, not only about the subject matter, but also the uh, the athletes. And so thank you, Becky. Thank you, Todd. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Play Healthy KC. And thank you again to Becky Wiseman for a great discussion about performance anxiety in sport. The point that really stuck with me was the language parents and coaches should use with their athletes who are experiencing some form of performance anxiety. For more tips and information to help youth sports parents, please subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. If you have questions about today's show or ideas for future episodes, send us an email at sportsmed at cmh.edu. Until next time, Play healthy, Casey.